You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Uh, we're continuing uh, in our series uh, talking again about the fruit of the Spirit um, as Paul kind of exhorts us to there in Galatians 5.22. And there again, Paul writes, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And again, we just have talked, the emphasis being there is that this is a work of the Holy Spirit. This is not something that we're called to generate or to produce in our own lives. As a matter of fact, it's impossible. You cannot produce these godly attributes apart from uh, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit working in you. And so again, this is something, the Holy Spirit, this is a work of the Holy Spirit uh, in each one of us. And so the kinds of fruit or those godly attributes that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in your life, Paul lists them out there and he says, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control, and he says there is no law against these things. So each week we've kind of been just taking them one at a time and looking at those uh, characteristics in more detail. And so far we looked at love, last week we looked at joy, and so tonight I wanna just kind of focus on the godly attribute of peace. It's interesting that if you were just to Google uh, the word peace, it will give you over 255 million links. I mean, that's just unbelievable that, you, that there would be that many links uh, for the word peace. Um, but again, there, there's all kinds of websites. You'll find articles, um, self-help articles, organizations, institutions, therapies, meditations, religions, a whole host of other things that are all really designed um, to maintain, to achieve peace for the individual, the family, marriages, nations, the whole world. And yet, what's interesting, with 255 million web pages or articles on peace, it is amazing with all this information and available remedies and peacemaking tools at our disposal, the world seems to be less and less at peace. As a matter of fact, it seems every day, if you're watching the news, there are just more riots, more protests, more demonstrations, more civil unrest, more being planned than at any other time uh, in recent memory. I mean, you take, for instance, we have the Peace Corps, the Nobel Peace Prize, the Peace Alliance, the Peace Action Institute, the World Peace Prayer Society, International Peace Institute, the United Nations on Peace and Security, International Peace Bureau, the Peace Fund, the Peace Project, Greenpeace, uh, Veterans for Peace, Jews for Peace, Buddhists for Peace, Grannies for Peace. There you go, Karen. Pets for Peace. I mean, you got songs like John Lennon, Give Peace a Chance. You got Cat Stevens, Peace Train, Peace Games, a Peace Museum. We even have a Peace College where you can go and get a major in peace. And all of this and so much more is really devoted to and for peace, and yet it just seems like we're becoming less and less of a peaceful people and world. So you, you ask yourself, how can this be? With all of this focus and all of this material on peace, how can we be lacking so much peace? Well, Jesus gives us some insight in Matthew 5, 9, and here's what he says. Blessed are the peacemakers. You gotta make peace. 
It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Now again, everybody loves peace, right? As long as it's on their terms. <laughs> and that's the problem, okay? Notice Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Not blessed are the peace lovers. Peacemakers and peace lovers are not the same thing. You have to work at making peace. Peace takes effort. Peacemaking takes effort, okay? As a matter of fact, the New Living Translation translates Matthew 5, 9 saying, God blesses those who work for peace. Now, there are two misconceptions, two myths a lot of people have when it comes to peace. And the first is, peace is avoiding the problem, okay? Peace is not running from a problem. It's not ignoring a problem. It's not pretending the problem doesn't exist. It's not sticking your head in the sand. A lot of people avoid issues rather than face them. They'll say things like, let's just not talk about it. Let's just agree to disagree. Let's just uh, not make waves. Uh, just ignore the problem, and eventually it'll just go away. It'll take care of itself, okay? But an unresolved conflict, it's like termites in your relationship. Many of us know if you don't deal with an issue, eventually it will bring the house down. When you avoid conflict by just running from a problem, again, that's not peacemaking. That's called peace faking, okay? That is cowardice. The second misconception, the myth about peace is peacemaking is appeasing another person for the sake of peace. In other words, I'll always give in to your way, you'll have it your way, we'll do it your way, and then we will have peace. I will go along to get along. I'll capitulate to your demands and your ways. You dominate me, okay? Again, that is not peacemaking, okay? As Christ followers, God does not expect you and I to be a doormat for other people. You study the ministry of Jesus. Look at the life of Jesus. Jesus never backed off of a legitimate issue. There were times where he stood very firm in the face of great opposition because he was right or it was the right thing to do or it was the right position to take. Healing on the Sabbath, drove the money changers out of the temple, fellowshipping with sinners. I mean, the Pharisees couldn't stand that. Those are just a few examples. Now, the eventual result of appeasement, okay, if you're one of those people who are constantly appeasing other people, okay, eventually you are going to start having a lot of resentment build in your life, okay? When you continually swallow your feelings, okay, your stomach keeps score. Peace at any price is not and it will never be legitimate peace, okay? It will not be lasting peace. It's like putting a Band-Aid over a, a dam or, or a leaking dam, okay? It may hold for a second, but it's just eventually going to give way, okay? It never leads anywhere helpful. It is never, ever productive. Now, there are actually three kinds of peace that we find in the Bible. The first is eternal peace. I would describe this as this is the kind of peace we can have with God. Romans 5.1, Paul says there, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
okay? We can have peace with God, and we can also be at peace with God, our Heavenly Father, when we just put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Okay, it's one of the many benefits of being in relationship with God. Jesus went to the cross, he shed his blood for our sins, and died in our place so that you and I could have access to and have peace with our Heavenly Father. The second type of peace is external peace, okay? That is peace with other people. Paul said in Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all men or all people, okay? That's pretty self-explanatory. Third type of peace the Bible gives us is internal. So we have eternal, external, third one is internal peace. Again, this is that fruit of the Spirit that Paul's referencing there in Galatians 5.22. This is the peace of God, okay? We have peace with God. This is the peace of God. Colossians 3.15 captures this and says, and let the peace of God rule or reign in your hearts. So now I want to give you kind of a, what I would call a working definition of what peace really is. Peace is, and peace flows from, an assurance of God's control. It means you're confident that no matter what's going on, whether it's good or bad, right or wrong, you believe that God is in total control. So peace is and flows from that assurance, that confidence that God is in control, which results from obedience to God's commands. Now in Isaiah 48, 18, God says to the nation of Israel, he says, oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Remember this past Sunday, we talked about, you know, the nation of Israel, they were notorious for rebelling and disobeying God. And so here he says, oh, that you had heeded my commandments, that you had done what I told you to do. He says, then your peace would have been like a river. So true biblical peace, again, it flows from, it's derived from an assurance and a confidence that God is in control. And that assurance results from obeying his commands. So as God's people, just like the nation of Israel, we need to have peace in our lives because as many of us can attest to, even the, um, even the upright can get uptight. Amen? <laughs> so in Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul gives us a prescription for peace. Okay, these are some very practical, I think simple steps that we can take in our everyday life. And if we do these things, Paul says in verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will, not maybe, not might, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. First step we can take to have peace is, peace is a matter of focus. Philippians 4.4 4 says rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Rejoice in the Lord when it's convenient. Rejoice in the Lord when it's going well. No, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, it is very, very difficult, if not impossible, to rejoice in the Lord unless your eyes, unless your focus, unless your attention is upon the Lord. When your focus is on the Lord, again, 
One of the byproducts of that is it will lead you to rejoice in the Lord. And when you rejoice in the Lord, one of the benefits of that is you will have the peace of the Lord. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Now get this, here's the qualifier. Whose mind is stayed or focused on you because he trusts in you. Okay? Remember when Jesus came walking on those stormy waves to the disciples in that boat? And Peter wanted to come to him, and Jesus invited him and said, yes, you can come uh, to me. And so Peter gets out of the boat, and he begins to walk on the water. And as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. But the moment he took his eyes off Jesus, because again, the waves and the wind, the things around him started to kind of become a little chaotic, he takes his eyes off Jesus, and what happens? He begins to sink, okay? Great Christian, Corey Ten Boom, once said this. She said, when I look at the world, I get distressed. When I look at myself, I get depressed. But when I look at Jesus, I am at rest. I like that. I want to let you in on a little secret about peace. Peace is not the absence of problems. Oftentimes, that's kind of our barometer, isn't it? Man, if I don't have any problems, then I have peace. But again, peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of Jesus in the midst of your problems. You may not always be able to rejoice in all of your losses, but you can always rejoice in the Lord. And I say that because you go back and think about this. The person there who wrote Philippians 4.4 was not just some preacher in a pulpit. Okay, it was not some academic in an ivory tower. This was an apostle who was imprisoned at the time. Okay, he was in under house arrest. And he is telling other Christ's follower, regardless of your circumstances, you can always rejoice in the Lord. It's a matter of focus. And Paul wrote these words from a Roman dungeon, chained to a Roman guard, facing a Roman death. Yet, this was Paul's focus. And not only are we to rejoice in the Lord, but we are to rejoice in the Lord always. That means winter, spring, summer, fall. It means Sunday through Saturday, all day, every day, when it's wet, when it's dry, when it's hot, when it's cold, when things are good, when things are bad, when uh, things happen to us that we want to happen, when things that happen to us that we don't want to happen. We are to always rejoice in the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something that's going to sound very strange, but it's true. The reason why most people never find peace in life is because they are not looking for it. Okay, you'll never, ever, ever find peace looking for peace. Okay, you'll never find it if that's what you're looking for, if that's what you're searching for. You'll never, ever find it if that's what you're looking for. You'll only find peace when you're looking for and find Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6 says the Messiah will be called, what? The Prince of Peace. Father and founder of Methodism, John Wesley once said this, he said, when I looked at Jesus, the dove of peace flew into my heart. But when I looked at the dove of peace, it flew away. Again, the key to peace is a matter of proper focus. Second key to peace is peace is a matter of faith. Verse six, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I love that you picked up on that tonight, Carolyn, in your testimony we talked about just being thankful, 
Um, again, and supplication with thanksgiving. A lot of times, let me just stop right there and just say, and say this because I think, you know, Karen, Carol hits on something very, very important. A lot of times when you're praying, okay, Sometimes you're just praying the same thing over and over and over and over again, thinking that maybe God hasn't heard you. Often what I tell people is pray for something one time. And after you've prayed that, be confident God has heard that prayer and then just move into thanksgiving. Father, thank you that you have heard my prayer. Father, thank you that you are working in my behalf on this subject or topic or circumstance, whatever. Just move into thanking God. Rather than, you know, sometimes you begin to feel desperate and you're begging God. And so you just kind of say the same thing over and over again as if God is hard of hearing. He's not. God is at work. And sometimes where we just need to move our hearts and move our prayers is just into a place of thanksgiving. And that's kind of what he's talking about here. Okay? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And here's the, here's the result of that. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. One thing we need to be aware of is that peace and anxiety and worry, they are mutually exclusive. The word worry comes from an old German word, which literally means to struggle or to choke. Worry throttles our thinking. Worry chokes out the truth. And it prevents us from bearing and experiencing the peace of God. I read something one time that really fascinated me. Oceanographers tell us that the worst ocean storms never go more than 25 feet deep. Anything below 25 feet deep, they don't know anything's happening on the surface. Okay? In other words, hurricanes can rip across vast oceans. Earthquakes can cause tidal waves and tsunami hundreds of feet high, but just 25 feet below the surface, the water is as calm at, uh, as a pond on a sunny, clear day in June. Do you know the only place you will ever find peace in the midst of the storm? It's deep down in a walk with God and a relationship with Jesus Christ. The anchor in any storm, no matter how great or strong that storm is, the anchor in any storm is the anchor of faith. The Korean Christians have a saying, and they came up with this saying way back when they were being persecuted because of their faith of Christ. Here's what they said. We are just like nails. The harder you hit us, the deeper you drive us, and the deeper you drive us, the more peaceful it becomes. I believe they were able to articulate that because in God's peace, you also find God's protection. Isaiah 43 promises, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. We're going to talk about that this week uh, with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, who understood literally what those words meant. When you abide in God's peace, there is no fear and nothing to fear. God has got you completely covered. This piece, Philippians 4, 7, I love this. It guards your heart and minds. Now that word in the Greek refers to a garrison of soldiers, a sentinel. It was an army that was charged with the responsibility of defending a city. 
In other words, the fruit of the Spirit, which one is peace, is a peace that God, that God gives that stands like an army of soldiers at the door of your heart. And it guards you. It's there to protect you, to shield you from the troubles of this world. Everybody is desperately looking for peace, and unfortunately, most people are looking in every place but the right place, as my Google search confirmed. Sometimes people are looking for peace in prescriptions, you know, or pills. Others are trying to find peace in pleasures. Others are looking for peace in possessions. Yet the Bible tells us the only real peace is found in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 27, he said, peace I leave with you. It's here. It's available. He says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace Jesus gives, again, it is that peace that from, comes from God, that peace that passes all understanding and comprehension. And you'll never have peace from God until you have peace with God, and that peace is only found again in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to have the peace of God upon you, you must have the peace of God within you. Someone once said, God takes life's broken pieces and gives us unbroken peace. I like that. Third final key is peace is a matter of following. Philippians 4, 8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report or good reputation, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think or dwell on these things. Those things, what things, those things Paul just mentioned. He goes on and says, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Circle that word. That is the key in that verse. Do, and the God of peace shall be with you. The peace of God comes from following doing is what Paul says, those things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy, okay? Just as we've learned, heard, received, and seen these things in Paul, Paul says, do the same thing, and you'll have the same result. I have the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So you can have the entire Bible memorized, and you can also quote it on demand, but if you don't do anything it tells you to do, chances are good you will not discover, you will not experience um, the peace of God. All of those things we are called to think on in verse 8 are so they will influence and affect what we do and how we do it. God's desire is to translate what you're thinking into action. Godly thoughts will produce godly actions. Godly actions will lead to a whole list of blessings. And among those blessings, one of them is God's peace. So God's desire for us to be at peace with him and to peace with others was so great. This was so huge on God's to-do list that he sent his son Jesus Christ and through Jesus' sacrifice, sacrifice upon the cross, again, the Bible says we have now complete, total, full peace with our heavenly Father. And that's oftentimes what we want to celebrate in communion. It's through his broken body, his shed blood. Okay, when we're taking communion, again, as we're 
meditating and we're remembering the broken body, the shed blood of Christ. I don't know about you, but one of the things it always brings to me is just a sense of peace, that a, a sense of righteousness, a sense of right standing with God the Father. And Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice, and through that sacrifice, God was totally satisfied. And the result of that sacrifice was peace. Amen? All right. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, that you came. And God, one of the things that you came to give us was peace. And God, that ultimate peace was realized, it was fulfilled when you gave your life for us upon the cross. Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that when you went to the cross and your body was broken and your blood was shed, that, God, you were able to satisfy the anger and the wrath of God against sin. And through that, Lord, you were able to bring to us, again, that complete peace with God. And in that complete peace with God that we have, Lord, we can be at peace with one another and at peace with ourselves. And so, Father, I just pray for any here tonight that just need that work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. That, Lord, you would just begin to work to produce peace. God, I pray, Lord, if there are situations, circumstances, areas in their lives tonight, God, if there's worry, fear, anxiety, these are all things that can drive peace away. And God, tonight I just pray, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit, God, that you would just begin to produce and to deepen this sense of peace that we can have, this peace you came to bring, this peace that you give. And that, Lord, it would begin to drive away the worry, the fear, the doubts, the anxiety. As so, a Father, tonight, we just come. Lord, we just ask you to search our hearts. And God, if there would be any places, Lord, where we are not dwelling and we are not receiving or living in that full peace that you have come to give us, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just begin to highlight, identify those areas, those places, and that, God, we would just begin to surrender those areas, those issues, those circumstances, and, God, that we would invite you to come and to replace all of that with your peace tonight. Father, we also just invite, Lord, the working of your Holy Spirit in any other area, in any other way through the giftings tonight. Father, if there is gifts of healing tonight, Father, if there are gifts of the prophetic, gifts of encouragement, of exhortation, of comfort, Father, if there's gifts of wisdom, of knowledge tonight that just need to be released to, th to the body, Father, we pray, Lord, through your Holy Spirit that you would just come and that, God, you would begin to release those and begin to minister here to this body. And Father, we just thank you for your presence here tonight. We just turn our eyes and we fix our focus upon you tonight. And we just invite you, come, Holy Spirit. Come through us tonight. You dwell in us, God, and you desire, Lord, to just pour out your spirit tonight through us to one another. And so, Lord, we just invite you into this place. Just come and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.